Hey friends, welcome back to the Freedom Creator Podcast. If it's a little echoey, I apologize. I just moved into my new office. Aaron and I bought a house here in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. So very exciting. And yeah, I basically moved everything into my office, but the ceilings here are really tall and I'm like, this is super echoey. So I'm going to have to maybe get some more furniture, some sound panels, something, I don't know. So hopefully you can bear with me. I am using my blue Yeti mic, but today I want to talk all about how to overcome your fear of sales. And also in this episode, it will help you, you know, maybe you don't even think you have a fear of sales. It will help you to unlock how to make more sales, how to become confident with sales, how to want sales. And then of course, you know, for most of us that have a fear, uh, around selling, it will hopefully help you to begin the journey to overcome that as well. And I think I'm going to work on like a professional intro for this podcast soon. My brother actually mixes music. I think I'm going to have him make one. But for those of you that are just tuning in and you're not sure maybe who this podcast is for, the Freedom Creator Podcast is to help content creators like you to have more freedom in their lives. So I help content creators to monetize their content through digital info products so that you can help your followers on a deeper level and make a full-time living doing what you love. And that is the best freedom ever, right? (laughs) So that is exactly why I call this my whole business Freedom Creator and the podcast Freedom Creator. So welcome. So let's dive in to overcoming your fear of selling. So I'm going to take this way back to when I first made my very first sales. Um, I mean, I guess originally uh, I had some jobs in high school, you know, working at an ice cream place. Um, Where else did I work? I worked at an inn, but that wasn't really sales. But yeah, like even working at like an ice cream place, you know, I still had to take the money and give change. I still had to tell people their total. And I feel like that already is chipping away at helping you get over your fear of selling. Oh, I also worked at, it was called the Lang store. It was like the competitor to Yankee candle. Um, and we sold like candles and artwork and things. And I remember, you know, I had to tell people their total. We sold like expensive artwork and things. And I had to get used to saying high prices. And so if you've ever had any job that sells anything and you have to tell people their total, I feel like that is already going to chip away at your fear of sales because it's going to get you used to asking for that money. Even though in the beginning it's not yours, you're working for another business. But the next step for me is when I dropped out of college, I started my own photography business. And I definitely remember being super, super scared to ask for money. And I remember also thinking like, no one's going to have that kind of money, you know? And so I would always price my, like a wedding or I would price like a portrait session or whatever based on like what I thought was a lot of money or based on what I thought I could afford. And I feel like this is a pretty common, uh, loop that people can get stuck in. So for example, I would be like, oh yeah, I'll photograph your entire wedding for $600, which if you don't know about weddings, it's like you essentially have a client for an entire year. You're doing customer service for that year. You're doing much more than just photography 
Uh, you might be doing engagement session on top of the wedding. The wedding can be up to 16 hours long. So $600 is crazy low. Like you would be losing money, um, to charge that much, but I also didn't even know what to charge. So I would just pick these prices out of nowhere. Right. And I think at the beginning, you know, maybe I'm not alone in this <laughs> in that we're just sort of going off of like, what do we think sounds good? What do we think we would afford? We don't think there's anyone out there that would pay that much for a digital product. We don't think there's anyone out there that would pay that much for a course, for a wedding, for photography, for whatever it is. Right. And <laughs> so I had to really learn over the years to know that, you know, I had to think about who is my ideal client how much is this service truly worth to them? And then I had to get used to saying those high numbers. So yes, this is a podcast all about digital products and courses, but I am going to use photography again as an example here, because that's when I first started overcoming my fear of sales. But I remember when, you know, I started really learning about how to run a profitable photography business. I started doing the math and I was like, wow, I'm going to have to charge a lot more in order to actually be profitable with this. And I actually built my business up to a point where I was having a $3,000 average portrait sale. So a portrait client would come in, um, and I would sell them, you know, digitals, but also wall art. Um, and I would even go to their home sometimes and hang the artwork for them. So I'd really go above and beyond. And I remember the first time I had to tell someone their total was like, $2,837 or whatever. And you might have a digital product or a course that you're charging $1,997 for. And some of the advice that was given to me was to actually practice saying that high of a number, uh, to yourself in the mirror, to a friend, somebody over the phone, maybe somebody sitting across from you. Like I remember I actually called everyone and I was like, your total is $3,827. Like I had to get used to saying large numbers to start chipping away at my fear of sales. <laughs> so I don't know, you know, if you can relate to that, but if you can, that is something that I would highly encourage because even though with digital products and courses, you're not going to be typically telling someone to their face the price, but I feel like it will help you get over the fear of even putting that price on your checkout page or on your sales page, right? Okay. So the other thing is that getting over your fear of selling I really don't think that it's going to happen with affirmations. So I don't think looking yourself in the mirror and saying like, you can make sales. You're not afraid of sales. You love sales. Like I don't personally believe that that's going to get you over your fear of selling. However, I do think what's going to get you over your fear of selling is to actually start selling. <laughs> so what I mean by that is typically a fear of sales typically stems from a fear of failure. That is what I've heard from a lot of my students. And, you know, maybe your fear of sales comes from somewhere else. You might even want to explore that with your therapist or even book a therapy session. I know it sounds crazy, but like you never know where your fear of something comes from. Like your fear of sales could literally come from like a deep rooted childhood, uh, you know, event that took place in your life, right? <laughs> like you never know. Um, but what I've heard from most people is that 
Their fear of sales is coming from a fear of failure. They're afraid that if they finally put the thing out for sale, what if nobody buys? What if, yeah, basically what if nobody buys, right? And how you're going to get over that fear though, is simply by actually doing it. Because once you get that first sale, you're going to feel like a million bucks. Your confidence is going to be through the, your confidence is going to be through the roof and you're going to be like, okay, if I can get one sale, I can get two sales. And then when you get two sales, it's going to be, you know, even more confidence, five sales, even more confidence. Right. And so even though you're scared, you know, I like to play this game. That's like, what is the worst case scenario? Right? Like, let's say you're like, okay, I'm going to sell an ebook for $59 but you do what people typically do when they're afraid of selling. And that is you focus on every sing single thing else in your business you can possibly focus on other than making sales, <laughs> right? But what if you just did it anyways? What if you just did it scared? You did it uncomfortable. You put the page out there. And then once you make that first sale, I promise you, you are going to gain so much confidence. But if you never even put it out there to make that first sale, then you will always be at zero. So, you know, it, it's kind of like asking yourself, like, what is the worst case scenario? The absolute worst case scenario is, let's say you have a following on Instagram and you decide to mention a checkout page to a new ebook on an Instagram story or in your link in bio or in a few reels, wherever you want to mention it, right? And you're like, oh, I'm so scared to put it out there because what if nobody buys? What if nobody buys? Like, what is the worst case scenario? Like, is the world going to collapse? No. <laughs> Go outside, look at the freaking super moon, know that you are a speck within the universe and nothing horrible is going to happen. The absolute worst case scenario would be that you maybe created, I mean, I like to pre-sell things, but let's say worst case scenario, maybe you created this ebook, you created a checkout page and no one buys it. So maybe you are, you know, 10, 30 hours, you know, quote unquote wasted. <laughs> However, here's the thing more times than not. I mean, first of all, if you do everything properly and you grow an audience, you figure out what their problem is, you solve their problem with a digital product, like it's going to sell. Right. But let's say, let's say you create something and it's not selling, right? It usually doesn't mean, oh, it's all wasted. I created the checkout page for nothing. I created the digital product for nothing. It probably just means that you need to tweak the messaging or send more traffic or have better graphics, right? Like it could be a number of different things. So it doesn't mean you put something out there and you're a failure. <laughs> it doesn't mean you put something out there Let's say you put something out and within 24 hours, you don't get any sales. Look around you. Has the world collapsed? No. <laughs> so all you would need to do is look at the data. How much traffic has even seen your checkout page? More times than not, people will come to me and they're like, oh, my digital product, it doesn't sell. And I'm like, okay, well, let's look at how many people visited the checkout page. Because with system.io, the software that I use, um, it tells you all the stats, right? So we go and we look and there's only like five people that have viewed the checkout page. I'm like, well, you don't even have enough data. Like you would need at least 100 page views to even know, like to even 
review the data to see if that is selling well. And so in that case, it's like, oh, there's nothing you did wrong. You just need to send more traffic. Like, it's not like the product's bad. Here's the thing too, that that, this happens a lot too. A lot of times, um, people tell me, well, I'm afraid to sell because I'm afraid that I'll be a failure. And, and then they do, let's say they don't make any sales. And then they're like, ah, I knew it. My product sucks. My ebook sucks. But (laughs) they, they haven't even bought it. So obviously, even if your ebook does suck, they don't even know that yet. They haven't even purchased it. So it can't be the ebook. Like you have to use data in order to actually really look at something. You can't make emotional based decisions in business. They need to be data based decisions. Okay. (laughs) So let's talk about I know this is a little all over the place, but one thing I hear from a lot of people that have a fear of selling is, or I don't hear this from them. I usually see this from them. Um, this might be you, it might not, let's see. But what I see a lot from people is they haven't even made one sale and yet they're purchasing software. They're designing their office. They're buying a new computer. They're, Uh, let's see what else, like pretty much doing anything else possible in their business other than doing sales related activities. And then a month later, they're like, I have no idea why I haven't made any sales. I'm quitting. And it's like, well, you haven't made any sales because you haven't done any sales related activities. (laughs) You need to actually, number one, have something to sell. Number two, have a way to sell it. And number three, have a way to drive consistent traffic to that thing. So let's take some of my products, for example, 15 day digital product. I have a checkout page that describes what the product is. It has a graphic of the product. It goes over what's all included. And then there is a checkout form. You can put in your information, your credit card to download it instantly. Now, if I'm not getting the amount of sales that I want to be getting, all I need to do is simply look at the amount of page views on that checkout page and say, okay, well in the past, this has been converting at 6% or whatever it is. Um, and okay, well this month I didn't get enough sales because I, I didn't have enough traffic. I need more traffic, right? Or maybe the conversion goes down and I need to split test the copy. Right. But like I have a consistent source of traffic, YouTube and Instagram. I have an actual product, 15 day digital uh, product, which is an ebook. And then I have a checkout page to sell. So I send traffic to the checkout page to sell the ebook. Let's look at my second product. Freedom Creator Club. There's a number of ways that I sell this. This is a membership. So I have a sales page with a checkout form and I need to be consistently sending traffic to that. I do that via my automated email sequence. I do that via 15 day digital product. I do that a a number of different ways, right? Then I have my course profitable courses. So I need to have the actual thing to sell. I need to have a way to sell it and I need to have traffic. Again, I have traffic from YouTube, Instagram. I do guest podcasts, but I do, I do a lot of different things, but, um, YouTube and Instagram are by far my top sources of traffic. Um, and then for profitable courses, since this is almost a $2,000 product, I have an automated funnel, uh, excuse me, an automated webinar funnel. So you basically put in your name and your email and you can watch the, uh, free training 
and it's like a recording, you can watch it and it tells you all about the program and whether you sign up or not, it has a lot of really helpful information for getting started with your own online course. And then at the end, it invites you to join the program if you want to. So again, I have traffic, I have the vehicle to sell the actual thing, whether it's a checko page, a sales page, um, or an automated webinar funnel. And then I have the actual product. And so Yeah, it really comes down to like once you, I mean, we're going to circle back here to like how to get over that fear of selling, but once you actually have the stuff made, you cannot go off of emotion. You can't put a Checo page out there and 24 hours later, you're like, oh, nobody bought. Um, I'm an idiot. I'm the dumbest person on the planet. I'm quitting. Nobody likes my business. <laughs> like, look at the data. Like, maybe nobody even saw your freaking checkout page. <laughs> you know, so you have to just like, you have to just chill a little, you know, and look at the data and not make emotional-based decisions. Like, business is not personal. <laughs> like, let's say you put an ebook out there in 24 hours, no one buys it. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you are an idiot. It doesn't mean you are blah, blah, blah. It simply probably means either there wasn't enough traffic or you need to, you know, update the messaging or something to get the conversion rate higher. Like business is not personal. It's all based on data. And I feel like once you really under come to understand that, you won't feel so many emotions in business. I remember when I first started my first business, I was so emotional about everything. (laughs) Like every day, it's like, I didn't even know what my day was going to be. Was my day going to be crying and drinking wine in my office? Or was my day going to be the best day ever? Like it was like all the way up or all the way down, like so many emotions all over the place. And I can't even tell you the last time I had a day like that. Like it's been years now where like everything is just like steady, like things go wrong all the time, but I am just better equipped to handle those things. Like I remember back in the day, if a customer would email us saying like, oh, we want a refund or we're unhappy or whatever, I would just like, I wouldn't lose it on the customer obviously, but like behind the scenes, I would just be like, oh my God, I can't believe blah, blah. And I would like put all the blame on the customer. Like also keep in mind, I was literally like 19 years old. <laughs> so I've gone through, gone through a lot of adulting and therapy and things, uh, since then. But I think a lot of business owners do do that. They'll put all the blame on your customer, right? And once you, once you start to realize that that feedback is good and that it's useful and that it's not the customer's fault and that you do need to take responsibility, it's, it's not the end of the world, right? Like if someone wants a refund now, we're just like, oh, well, it depends on the refund policy. Obviously it depends on the program, but we're just like, oh, okay. Could you, you know, maybe share with, if you don't mind sharing with us, um, you know, again, depends on the program, but we would ask them like, oh, like, why did you want a refund? And like, maybe it's because their grandma died. Maybe it's because they're like, this is not the product for me. Maybe they freaking hate the product. It doesn't even matter. Just give them their money back. Like I just, I do not get emotional about that kind of stuff anymore. Okay. So that's getting a bit more advanced um, because that's like once you've already made sales. So let's circle back to overcoming your fear of selling. Okay. 
So again, something that really helped me is just to ask myself, what is the worst case scenario? So when I launched 15 day digital product in early July to my email list, like I knew there was a possibility. There's always a possibility that nobody will buy, but there's also a possibility that people will buy. And if you never allow people to buy, you never put the thing out for sale you never give them the opportunity to purchase, then the answer will always be zero. <laughs> like, you know, like if you don't put the thing out there, you are by default failing. Do you get what I'm saying? Like you could at least put it out there and get a few sales, but by, but by letting that fear overtake you and not even putting it out there, you're for sure defaulting to failure because you're doing nothing. You're not even allowing, you're not even giving people the chance to purchase your thing. <laughs> right. And it's like, it's silly if you think about it that way, at least to me, it really helps me to say, what's the worst case scenario. So for a 15 day digital product, it's like, oh, the worst case scenario is no one buys. And then, you know, maybe I look at the data, maybe I tweak it, maybe I scrap it all together and create a different product. It's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean I'm quitting. It doesn't mean I'm giving up my business. Like business is a series of tests. I think I made a whole podcast episode about this earlier, but it's all about tests. Like, you know, don't, don't put all of your emotions into one thing. Don't go, Oh, if I put this one, my first digital product that I've ever made out there and no one buys it, I'm quitting. That means digital products don't work. No, it doesn't. It just means you didn't have a good product market fit. You probably didn't do your research properly. Your copy probably wasn't hitting. Maybe you didn't have enough traffic. <laughs> there could be a lot of different reasons, but I will tell you one thing that is 100% not. It is not about you. It is not personal. It is data, right? So ask yourself, what is the worst case scenario? The worst case scenario is you don't ever put it out there and therefore you get zero sales by default and therefore you fail, right? But if you at least just put it out there, you either will get sales or you don't and you tweak it until you do get sales. So either way you're winning, right? So I like to play the what's the worst case scenario game, right? And I just want to end this episode by saying that once you realize that failure and mistakes will constantly happen in business and that it's not the end of the world, the only thing that's like a true failure is you either not trying at all um, like not putting something out there or completely quitting, right? Like shutting it down, um, before giving it a real chance. Cause obviously, you know, if you decide to shut your business down later, like that's not necessarily a failure. That's just a choice, but failures, like <laughs> failures are good. Mistakes are good, right? Like once you, and I think two people say the word failure and mistakes interchangeably, and like a failure, <laughs> like, I don't know, people take this so seriously, but like a failure, I don't even know. I couldn't even think of what a failure would be because it, there is, there's no failures to me. Like, do you know how many times I put a product out there and it didn't do well? Uh, probably a handful <laughs> at least. <laughs> or like, okay, Freedom Creator Club. I have actually launched that two other times with different names, different offerings. It never did that well until I finally cracked the code. And if I didn't keep going and keep improving it, it would have never worked. And, and that's the thing, like the sooner that you can fail or make a mistake and then learn from it and grow, 
that is the sooner that you will reach success, right? Like there's this quote that's like the fastest to fail wins or like the fastest to make a mistake wins because failure and mistakes are learning lessons that will get you to success. Like if your goal is to avoid all failure and mistakes at all costs, you will never even start your business. There is no business on the planet (laughs) without dozens, if not more mistakes and failures. Like I make... I mean, again, I don't see them as mistakes and failures. I see them as learning lessons, but like I make these on a monthly basis. That's the whole point of business. You do things, some work, some don't. You do some more things, some work, some don't. You do some more things, some work, some don't. And you keep going until you have more things working than things that don't, and you keep trying. There is no like end goal with business. It's all a series of tests and trials and trying new things. And that's why it's freaking fun. That's why it's so fun. You can look at any business. Okay, let's even look at one of the most popular businesses, McDonald's. What did they do for a while? They put salads and healthy things on their menu because people were constantly crapping on McDonald's and telling them, oh, you don't have anything healthy, blah, blah, blah. And they did it. And I'm assuming it probably didn't make a lot of money or not enough people ordered it or whatever. And even though they did listen to their customers, they ended up taking it off their menu ultimately. And I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, that their business is more profitable um, for it. So it's it's all a series of trying different things. I mean, again, like Taco Bell, they put out new things on their menu all the time. And then I'm pretty sure it's like a test. Like if it does well, they put it with the menu. If it doesn't do well, they try something different. Like that is how you grow as a business. So I think all in all, I would say stop looking at things as black and white, succeed or fail, because that's just not how business is. Business is, you know, you're in business for the long haul, right? Like you should be at least. (laughs) You should want to, you know, you should not like, you should not start your business with like, oh, I'm going to sell this business in five years. Like most successful businesses start and they don't have an end in mind. They're just like, I'm going to start selling this thing and then I'm going to tweak it and I'm going to keep growing. And, um, you know, it's a series of trying different things. And so just know that like, if you find yourself doing everything in your business other than selling, (laughs) like you're not going to make sales, obviously, Um, and you shouldn't be spending a bunch of money before you're even making money. I just see this so many times where people are like buying all this software, creating their program, like before selling it, like you can pre-sell your program. You don't have to have it created before you sell it. It's just like a workshop. You can say, oh, um, I'm creating this program. It's going to be available two weeks from today but it's for sale, but it's on sale to purchase for the next three days. Like you can sell things ahead of time. That's always how I start my businesses. I always pre-sell because then the worst case scenario is just your time trying to sell it. If you sit there and you spend weeks, months, years, yes, I have seen people spend years making a course and then they put it out and nobody buys. That is terrible. And like, you didn't need to do that to yourself. And like, I find that the people that are spending all this time, perfect video, perfect audio, perfect this, perfect that, none of that's going to help you make sales. And if you never make any sales, no one's ever going to even view that content. 
and then no one's going to get helped from it. So another thing that can help you get over your fear of selling is to really start seeing selling as serving. Because if you are here to create an ebook or a course or a membership or whatever it is to help people, but you never put it out there for sale, then I call bullshit. I don't think you're actually here to help people. (laughs) Because if you were, you would want to be telling people about this and selling it to them and getting it, getting them into that program so that they can get the help that they need. Right. And so if you, if you truly want to help people, then that, that's what you need to do. You need to, your, your, your desire to help people needs to be bigger than your fear of failure. So really meditate on that. Think on that, figure out how your desire to help people can be bigger than your fear of failure. And I think that that will really help you too. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. If you like these more like mindset-y podcasts, <laughs> uh, message me the word mindset on my Instagram. I'm at Molly M. Kaiser, M-O-L-L-Y, M as in Marie, because that's my middle name. And then Kaiser, K-E-Y-S-E-R. Looks like Kaiser, but it's not. (laughs) Well, anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. And if you are somebody who wants to grow your audience, create a successful digital product, make consistent passive sales, then you should definitely check out my three different offerings. I have 15 day digital product, which is just a one-time purchase of it's under a hundred dollars, very affordable. It's an ebook that will show you step-by-step over 15 days, how to create and start selling your very own digital product. Then I have Freedom Creator Club, which is just 49 bucks a month. There are other options too, to save more money. Um, And it is a monthly membership that is going to help you to have tons of trainings on every platform on how to grow your audience, whether you want to do it on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, blogging, like I have trainings on all of that stuff. Also different, uh, trainings on how to create the different digital products, how to sell them, how to create funnels, how to create automated email sequences. It's essentially everything you need step-by-step to get to $8,000 plus per month with low price digital products. So digital products that are under hundred dollars, it could be an ebook, it could be templates, it could be a membership, it could be a lot of different things. And then I also have profitable courses, which this is for somebody who already has a following and, um, yeah, who already has a following because um, whether you have an email list, whether you have an email list or not, <laughs> is irrelevant because we do also have a bonus section on how to grow your email list. But you definitely need to have um, a following before you join, and then it shows you how to pre-sell and launch your course. Like in what I, I think I let me go look. I just want to make sure I'm saying the right thing. Under 30 days. Okay. So you can start making sales from your course in 30 days or less. And then it also comes with included, uh, passive courses, which is an entirely separate course that you get included that shows you how to do what I do, where you set up a passive automated webinar funnel so that you can be making course sales passively every single day. So thank you guys so much for listening. As always, if you have any comments, feedback, suggestions, 
topics you want me to touch on, things you're struggling with, episode suggestions, go ahead, send me a DM on Instagram at Molly M. Kaiser. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. See you in the next episode.